Welcome back, everybody, to the Theory of Three. My name is Phil. Uh, what the? What? Welcome back, everybody, to the Theory of Three. My name is Philip, and I'm here with Curtis and You have to Phillip. do that again. You got me laughing. <laughs> do it again. <laughs> All right. You better keep that in. I swear. Go what? Ahead. You better keep that in. Wait. <laughs> Go ahead. Welcome back to the Theory of Three, everybody. My name is Philip, and I'm joined here with Curtis and Austin. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Jack of All Trades, Master of None. I know it's a it's a strong topic and a topic that uh, can branch off in many ways, but mm. <laughs> yeah, I we, would. We all know him, you know. Yeah. Well, I think maybe some people don't know the context of like what we're talking about. Jack of all trades, master of none, is an interesting, I guess, line in a sense of you're you. I guess in a particular field, as in like the film industry in, in general. You have you have people that are specialized in let's say camera or being an AC or being a DP or being a gaffer or being a sound guy, but then you have the guy that does kind of everything but not mm-hmm. really well, you know. And that's kind of what we've we've classified as jack of all trades, master of none. You've yeah, you're yeah. you're you're good at everything and you know how to talk to lingo, but you're not great at everything. You're not the guy that everyone would hire to do a specific job. You're the guy that they hired to do everything you know it's not only that you would you'd be the person to hire everything you have a little bit of gear of a little bit of everything and so you don't have the best of everything you just have but just enough just enough to get by right just just you have a computer and you have uh you know a splitter and you can do dit you know but you're not dedicated dit but you could be a pa too you could also be a gaffer Mm -hmm. it's just well i to me it's like i think having I think having knowledge of knowing how to talk with other departments, even as a DP or a director, is a mm-hmm. good good thing. And knowing how that that sure. that department yeah. operates, I, I think again, I'd like to clarify for those that are starting in the industry. Um, I absolutely think it's actually preferable if those that are young film students that are getting into the industry officially, you know, like yeah, you went through film school. Yeah, you may think you know what you like, but get into the industry. Try a few things out. You know, you're young, you're not, you don't have much to lose. You're still going to be able to make money while you're doing it. But more importantly, you get to experience all these different arenas because at some point you're going to have to make the decision to say, you know what, this is the field that I really like, or this is this uh, like specificational area that I'd like to, to become proficient in. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to pers- I mean, you know, pursue. Yeah. The, being in the electric department in film school is completely different than being in the electrical department on an actual oh, set it's you know you may you may like it's being not even the you same. know part of the camera department yeah you know yeah like being a pa in, in film school so it's not smoking pot like that on, yeah. on a film in, set in terms of being jack of all trades master now we don't necessarily talking about the people who are just getting out of film school or just entering yeah. like what austin said just entering the market we're talking about the people who've been in the market for you know five six years mm-hmm. that's still doing everything yep um, who, what? when you look at them, you don't see, like, you don't attach a proficiency to their name. Yeah. You right. just know that they work in the industry and they carry They're, multiple hats, yep. which make them, in most cases, in most professional sets, less desirable than those who have one specific thing. Mm-hmm. Unless they're, well, they, they make their living off of the one-man band groups. Yep. You know, and and, and that are looking for the, the half rate for a DP or a gaffer. Or, yep. and, and that's what they can... What? My, for. my qualm with those those types of people is that they classify themselves as a DP, but they're not. You know what I mean? Like they classify themselves as a gaffer, but they're not. They classify themselves as a sound guy, but they're not. Yeah, they're not good. Like to me, it's like at some point, I guess in my career, I've gotten to a point where it's like, okay, I can actually classify myself as a gaffer because I know X sure. amount of knowledge about it, sure. and you can classify yourself yep. as a DP because you know this much yep. about it. Same for the sound. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like the this person doesn't really look at it that way it's like oh i've picked up a couple lights and i know how to run a like put up a c-stand and a flag i'm i can classify myself as a gaffer but not charge the rate as a gaffer but then the person that he works with is like okay if you're a gaffer you absolutely have no idea what you're doing yeah. you know what i mean and then it just puts a bad rep on it which mm-hmm. just cracks me up then you also run into the the ideal where if you go to work for if you are a jack of all trades master none here's the downside to it you go work for a big studio in your city mm. um, and they need to just a PA, but you want to work as a head honcho. Well, once you work as a PA, they're only going to see you as a PA and they're that, only going to pay you as yeah, a PA. So subject, if you do get oof. your, if you do get on as, as 
you know, uh, a higher level or a key position, they're they're only going to want to pay you a PA rate, or they don't want to pay you a full rate. Well, yeah. they see first your impressions. Value. Yeah, right. first impressions are huge in the industry. Mm. Um, you know, I I think, and th- this is just again my perspective on this. Um, being in the city that we live in, there are you know small drawbacks that come with being a singular profession or a single proficiency type of individual. Yep, somebody that's dedicated to either being a gaffer or you know or a DP. Because that does narrow down the amount of work that you're going to get, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not going out there and scavenging, but at the exact same time, being a scavenger, being the individual that goes out and just finds any work that's possible and then takes on whatever roles that they're given is the same individual that will be doing that exact same kind of work in 20 years Yep, because they've never developed and they didn't choose to stick with a certain, you know, work group and proceed within it. To master that, which mm. is why you know, you know, jack of all trades and master of none. Yep. Um. You know, and well, I, we know a lot of guys like that, and it's and it's rough. You know, because, Aver- average is yeah. hard, is is very rarely sought after. Masters are. So if if you're really really good at something, people will come and find you, even yeah. though you're in a kind of a remote area. Yep. Like I I've traveled because I was good. And you travel because people recommend you because yep. they know you're good at your job. Mm. If they think you do everything, then they will be like, well, I actually know a real sound guy. That That's all that, he does. That's all True. he does. And that's all the gear he owns instead of this guy who owns everything and does everything. True. Yeah. Oh, he'd be cheap. Yeah. True. They're like, well, I would rather have good audio or I'd rather have good lighting or rather had good cinematography than have I, eh, cinematographer at cheap rate. I would rather have a good cinematographer that, that right. I know that can work for Walmart or Deerberg's or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to bring on a guy that right. I, I, that, like on his Instagram, a PA that is, yeah, that on yeah. his Instagram page, he's, you see him as a yep. gaffer, sound guy and a light and a mm-hmm. camera guy. Like, it's just like, and uh, you'd be, no, you'd be surprised how many companies will hire a quote unquote more expensive DP because he is the 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 highest um, consistency in his work and the professionalism in front of their client. Yep. Not True. because he he has a specific style. It's because or he's, he's the best. He's it's, the best. Yeah. 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 It's because he's very consistent. Yep. He's very professional he is in front the of the client. DP. Yes. Yeah. And, and he's professional and he has a good track record. And he also charges what he's worth. Yep. Yep. And that's yep. another thing as well. Is like you'll scare a client away if you don't charge what you're worth. Yep. Yeah. That's happened yeah. before. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> because in some sense, like even. Again, I think the good things about, like, I see Jack of all trades work in a sense of if you're hired full-time in a studio. And people that are, that work in a studio, if you're, like, the main, I I don't want to say videographer, but, like, cinematographer in a studio, you're doing coloring sometimes, you're doing editing, Mm -hmm. you're doing, like, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Exactly. You're doing, you're doing multiple things within a company like that, but also knowing how to do those things is good, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but yeah, I think getting hired, yeah, getting hired is three or five different things in an industry. Like you said, scavenging is like where the problem is and not being able to like focus yep. on yourself is, yeah, you're going to be doing that same work in 20 years. Yeah. I also think some some of the the kickback in terms of being a jack of all trades short term is good, mm. especially if you're a producer or a director, then you can fully understand what each department goes through. And what their proficiencies and what problems they're going to inter- going to uh, run into while mm-hmm. in the process, so you then have an understanding of what each department does. Mm-hmm. So in that case, you'll have some producers and some directors who that's all they've ever done, and you'll run into those issues, which is normal. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I guess this would go into work ethic in a sense of, uh, I guess you get hired based on your work ethic, but also. I guess not being a jack of all trades and not knowing everything like in some, you know, we'll just take the cinematography or lighting as as an example. Someone that is a jack of all trades doesn't know like, hey, can you set up an HMI or can you set up a 20K or can you set up this? And they're like, no, 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 no. I feel like that same way if I went down to Atlanta and I walked into Pinewood, like, you know, it's like, well, I feel like I don't know everything because I've never run that much DMX before or I've never run, Mm -hmm. you know, X amount. But, um, yeah, in that sense, you know, I guess just being able to be willing and the work and to show that you are experienced in sure. your own in your own way goes mm-hmm. a lot a lot farther than 
claiming that you do know everything and then getting yep. upset getting there and going uh yeah no admitting idea. to admitting to your limitations is actually one of the most like attractive things in my opinion to like production companies and you know other studios mm. because if you know i i've been offered jobs before where i've turned them down and even though they were you know either leadership roles as a director or so on and so forth i just won't do it I don't feel confident in that. I, it's not something I do. It's not my profession. You know, at some point in the future, it would be something I would be interested in, but I would like to have some effort put into it on my part to learn how to do that role. You know, I don't want to, yeah. So it, it, in, I feel like when people hear you say things like, you know, um, yeah, I'm really confident in this, but, you know, I've only done that a few times. I'd, I'd, I'm just not that, I'm not that good at it. It builds trust. Well, it's it's honesty, you know. Mm-hmm. Being yeah. honesty in the industry is very, very, very rare. You know, there are people who have who have said they can do one thing, but then lie about it, and then you get to set, and you're like, "Wait, what? You don't you don't know how to do this? Yeah, wait, what? Yeah, you know. Which, yeah, when it comes to, I guess, yeah, camera and even sound, like getting, not having good sound and not knowing how to do it, but like also rigging. Like, if you don't know how to rig something, yeah, please say that you don't know how to do it. Like. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather kill yeah, just people. Admit, yeah, yeah, admit you can that kill you people. Don't know how to do something that saves us all a lot of and there, you know heartache. And, and there, there is there is like a level of uh, stuff that you can learn in a short amount of time. Mm. Like there, there are some pieces of equipment that I haven't necessarily worked with. And that's like, yeah, I can, I can work with it. No worries. Yeah. And then you know you you rent it for a couple of days previous, <laughs> yeah. and you learn it. <laughs> well, I you know do, on your own money. Uh, how many times have I like? How many times have I went to a set, especially when I first started out? not having a single clue how to use the camera. Like, it would be a new camera I'd never manuals, touched before. Manuals. And, dude, I would just rush to the website like the night before and just, like, <laughs> just consume everything about the menu, like how to set things up, like what to do. And then I would get to set, and I would just be tripping, you know, because I'd have to put all this stuff together, build a camera I'd never built before, do it all off of memory, and then also remember everything in the menu. And there were so many times where that would happen, and just out of sheer will and determinants, I figured it out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but there, there are things like that that, yeah, I mean, I'm completely like impressed by people who can do that. I've gotten lucky once or twice. Yeah. I mean, but that's just my personality style. Like I'm the the dude that just does things and I get lucky with it. But at the same time, you know, when you go into something like that, being honest about, you know, what your limitations are is so stinking attractive to people. Yeah. You know? And, and they will hire you again because you're being honest, especially if you're doing something and you say, Hey, um, I actually don't know how to do this. Like, I'm a little confused. Can you help? The person who you either are are responding to or you look to, um, like as a second AC to a first AC, you say that and you're being honest, that grants the first AC a level of confidence in you because that allows him to know that whatever is going to be done is going to be done right. Yep. You know? And I, I also found a good way of learning new gear, especially in, I guess, in that sense, like, like the C200 is a good example of what, like something that came out and then everybody had one and then it was yep. like okay I've never you know I've never shot with this before mm-hmm. and then they changed a little bit of stuff about the menu and a bunch of other stuff but I found a good way is just uh, going down to your local uh, rental house and just going hey I want to learn more about this certain piece of gear can I you know I wouldn't say you know just play around with it for a while and just turn it on Have figure hands out on. exactly figure out the menu I did that with the sky panel I just was like, hey, I don't know everything about the sky panel. I want to learn. I want to learn more about the menu setup. Uh, plus, trying to get into this menus to get to the colors, the RGBs, the hues, all that stuff. So, it was really nice just to sit there and and go through it. And yeah, there's just nothing. Especially if a plus if you rent from that uh, house exactly. as well. Exactly. You know exactly. Have, have well, you have to build a relationship. You can't go just walk in there and go, yeah. hey, you know, give me your lenses. I want to figure out what <laughs> what they what they look like. You know. <laughs> Or even the camera. There like, are some things you can. There's some things you can't do that with. Yeah, I mean, it, it just and it also adds experience to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. um, yep. just knowing you know how things work. Because again, once once you get on set, even if I've never worked with the sky panel, or if I had not worked with the sky panel and learned the menu, then I'm wasting time on set trying to figure out. Hey, if the DP goes, hey, can you turn that to get this specific gel or this specific green? And I'm like fiddling over there trying to figure out where it go, where it is in the menu. You're just, we're wasting time. And then you look, you don't, at that point, I feel like I'm not worth my day rate. You know, it's like, you're paying me X amount per the, for the day. So, because I know a certain, you know, yep. certain amount of knowledge. So, um, yeah. And I, I think it's just a great way. Like, yeah, YouTube is a great way as well, but there's just something about you can't learn on YouTube than just like actually touching the unit and figuring out yourself because then it just becomes muscle memory. Yeah. Familiar, familiar, familiarity. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. 
but yeah and i guess in that sense it's like that idea behind uh over promise under deliver with the idea of uh you mean under promise over deliver under promise yeah that's what i said didn't i what did uh, i, I say you said over i think you said over promise under deliver okay <laughs> 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 that's our motto but i i got it flipped around no uh yeah under promise over deliver because I think if you hype up someone too much about your ability, then and then you go in and then just wow them, then it becomes more like, oh yeah, you were just being. I mean, you're honest about what you do, but you know more than what you say you do. You know what I mean? Well, it just it chalks up to humility. Mm-hmm. Chalks you know? up to humility, and that you're not prideful about hypothetically, yeah. you know what you do. And that's the worst when you ask someone like, hey, what do you know? And they're like, da 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 da, and you're like, okay, great, get them on set, and then they're like, and then they start not doing like they don't know half of the stuff they said they did, and it's like, dude dude exactly but if you just told me like hey i've not worked with this stuff before i've never done this stuff before then that be you know it is what it is you know i don't i don't care i mean i might not hire you but i'm at least going to respect you going oh yeah i'm not you know uh at least he told me that he doesn't know something you know i can't remember how many times i've i've pulled the man i just can't figure this out like what's what am i doing wrong what's going on i've said that what am i doing wrong yeah because it says like i know what i'm doing but I've done something wrong. I can't figure it out. Yeah. Can you give me a hint? Well, and it's also it's also a problem of if you walk into a studio and they've set up their cam- their own camera and then they got presets on it and you're like, take all this preset stuff off. Yeah. Then it's like you, you literally spend like 15, 20 or 10 minutes trying to like unpreset. Yeah. Like they've got their histogram leveling, yep. all this stuff. It's like, dude, take all that stuff off. I don't want any of that. I want to see the image. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. And then you're trying to like unprogram what they program. Yep. Like they're shooting in 30 F 30 FPS. And you're like, no, I don't want to shoot there. They've got some sort of weird, uh, you know, shutter you, you, angle. You know what's funny though, is the fact that when we do that, we go to the studio, we shoot with all their gear. Then we leave, you know, the guys that work there show up and they're like, what, what, Mike, <laughs> like, how do we do that? How do see, we get all this stuff? See, like, but, oh, but it doesn't happen like that. You know what will happen? They won't touch the gear until they actually have to shoot true, again. True. And then they'll, they'll set the camera up to get like, everything set, and then turn, and turn it on oh. and go, Wait, where's all my and then where's all that? Oh. And then they'll spend another ten minutes do, yeah. redoing that. Back and forth we go. Exactly, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting to say the least about yeah knowing gear. And it's also like when someone's if like even you working for first AC or me like with a grip, it's like hey, can you go get a Cardellini or whatever? Which everyone should know what a Cardellini is. Yep. But they're like yeah, yeah. And then ten minutes later, still they in the grip with truck. Come back banana. They're like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, here, yeah. They yeah. Come, they, they're still in the grip truck. And you're like, where did he go? And you're like, he did, <laughs> he he said he knew what a Cardellini looked like, but he doesn't. Which again, this is in early days. I I rarely hire anybody that doesn't know what a Cardellini is anymore, but. Which, uh, well, you should never hire anybody that doesn't know what a Cardellini is. True. But, you know, it's like when you go ask someone to go get eight, you know, sash or something. Yeah. They're like, they go to the grip truck and don't know what sash is. You know, <laughs> it's hilarious. And you're like, dude, if you don't know what it is, I respect you more. Again, I respect you more if you just ask me what it is right there on the spot. If you don't know what it is, and then I'll just tell you, you yeah. know, I'm going to stand here, talk to the DP about it could be informational that I need to know or we could just be jabbering. Yep. But I could be at the grip truck helping you grab the stuff yep. that I actually need. So, yeah, that's just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and don't be afraid to ask, you know. You'll find a lot of lingo that uh, you might not know. Doesn't make sense. You'll West Coast, East Coast, you'll have lingo that, you know. You know what's interesting to me, and this is a, a subject that I was thinking about the other day, is I think you give people that are, I guess, under 30 more lenience, and I guess it starts to hit around like 27, 28, 29 is when people are like, okay, like I was like, for me, if, if someone walked up to you know me and was like, hey, do you know what this stuff is? Or even on set working, and they're like, hey, do you know what, w- you know, where's the Cardellini or what is a Cardellini? If they were 30 and asking that and they said that they knew what they were doing, I'm going to look at them and go, what have you been doing for the last 10 years? You, you know what I mean? You say that you work in the industry, what have you been doing? And so I think it kind of, it goes along the lines, even older people have looked at me the same way sometimes. And they, they're like, they're more willing to accept and go, oh, okay, yeah, let me show you, than someone that has claimed that they know what they're doing and then don't. Because I feel like they have they see potential in someone young, like that kind of that when they're gaining knowledge and they're learning and things like that, but then when they're, they get to that like 27, 28, 29 range or even 30, and you start to get judged more than you are being, being helped in I that think, sense. Uh, when you're younger, a lot of, a lot of times you make a lot of dumb decisions, and so that's, 
kind of normal, but by the time you hit 30, you should have made enough decisions. People expect you to know what you're doing. People expect you to have some wisdom Mm -hmm. and um, expect you to know things. And um, it's the same thing as like any failure in life. You know, if you make a failure before you're 30, you know, people are going to be like, yeah, no big deal. But if you make a big, if you make a uh, failure after you're 30, they're like, ah, (laughs) you know, it's not like, it's not like he can't come back. It's just like, ah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, it's not a bad thing. So if you're young, make a bunch of mistakes. Make a bunch of mistakes. And don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. I think our problem right now is trying to convince people that we don't make mistakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trying yeah. to show people that we don't make mistakes. Yeah, it's consistency yeah. The and younger, we don't shave The younger you are, the more people think you can't deliver deliver consistently, which it, I, is true. Is true, but it also isn't true all at the same time. Depends on who you're talking to. Again, it, the, the proof is in the pudding as in you got to look at the content, you got to look at the people they work with, and then they've got you got to look at the 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 character yeah. of what they're doing and then just do research look at reviews look at those and then if it all adds up then you know call the people they work with yeah exactly you know do they work consistently or is their work consistent i should say i'm telling you man this is just i just got a text and <laughs> or what now i i, I don't <laughs> okay his face right now I, is, see here's uh... the thing here's the thing this is going to be off topic when you have someone that you're working with and it's four days or three days or two days before the shoot and they don't they're not giving you any information and you're asking about information and they don't give you information and then you keep asking and they still yeah don't. at some yeah. point it's like okay you're either one not doing your job right or two because i, I it's not my job to to fetch information you know what i mean like i i don't need to go and waste my or it's not so much waste my time take the time out of my day to go to yo, go get information your job. that you should be giving exactly I, yeah. I shouldn't be chasing the information and i shouldn't be chasing you to get information to do my job you know like what's call time who's the who's the director who's the dp who's the gaffer who's this who's that like uh, that information should be being yep. sent to me because i need to know you should know that i need to know and you should be willing and want to give me that information. Especially as a UPM. Exactly. Or PM, for that exactly. matter. Exactly. Unit production manager. Bro. Yep. Ugh. Those are the people that should be in the know. Anyway, that's a rant in and of itself. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, man, dude. Do you guys... I don't know if you guys heard the news about... We're going to jump real quick to podcast news. So, um, Alyssa Milano, as for some of you know, has like a feminist talk show host thing, whatever mm-hmm. going on. Well, she posted two days ago, uh, or maybe it was yesterday, um, and said, I can't believe I live in a world where Joe Rogan has three times the listeners than me. This is insane. <laughs> and people were like, you know, obviously first started laughing. Well, then obviously, as did I, I asked, wait a minute, does she even have a third of his listeners, right? Not even close. She has maybe a 15th, according to a lot of them, saying like, no, she has about like 1 15th, 1 16th of his listeners Yeah, in size. That's just how large Joe Rogan's blown up. And what made me laugh is the fact that for the first time in in a very, very long time, there is a a, a competition I know for some of you guys will remember uh, things like H three H three and like um, what's the one guy that would always start up conversations and like have fights and and such. He would argue on YouTube and he would like get get people into into the room and would have discussions. What is that? Um, it's like drama alert, drama alert. There, that's one of them. But like, okay. there's all the YouTube platforms and so on and so forth that have this the same vibe that you know podcasts now do, mm-hmm. which was discussion and arguments. They bring people who hate each other into the same room and they would discuss. And you look at places like Alyssa Milano's like site, and she does something very similar to that. But she'll bring up news articles and then complain about them for thirty minutes, and then she'll do this and do that. And then you you have somebody like Joe Rogan, right? Who all he does is like laugh and talk 
and just sit back and enjoy, which is, I mean, honestly, something that we try to do. Um, but the way our culture looks at individuals like that, you can tell on a majority level who people are attracted to. And it's a mindset. Because Joe Rogan didn't start the podcast to become the number one podcast in the world. Mm -mm. He started it just because he wanted to talk to people. Mm -hmm. He wanted to have an honest conversation, an open dialogue, a discussion of ideas, a free thinking conversation. And people gravitated to that. And it's still getting bigger. And he will continue to get bigger. I mean, he is the number one podcast in the world. And he's going to start breaking all the records. Because at the core of it all, he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Podcasts are one of the most straight from person to person like platforms because he can say something he believes. The other person in the room can also say what they believe. They can discuss said opinions and then move on as friends. And that's something that we desperately need in this day and age. And it's so refreshing to see something like that begin and that kind of conversation to, to start, you know, because, and, and again, I know I'm going on a tangent, but right now in our political landscape with all of like, especially in the film world, and a lot of you that are listening will know exactly what I'm talking about. There's so much discourse going on, so much just like agitation and aggravation towards each other based off of political views or based off of, you know, things that are happening in the, in the, in the culture. And, and I really, really, really do hope that people begin to realize that no matter what we see, it doesn't matter. Like we can still work together. We can still have conversations, you know, because I've had this, the same issue happen where I will discuss a subject with someone that works in the industry and, they will just lose it and they don't know how to handle somebody having a different opinion than them. Because for me, I don't care. I'm, I'm glad that you have a different opinion. That means you're at least thinking for yourself, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I think considering the industry we work in and considering the fact that everything is based off of entertainment to have something that wholesome, to have something like solid and something that's open and, and a, a good conversation thing. It's something that I know the three of us aspire to because at some point this podcast is going to have guests you know, at some point, we're going to start having conversations that have nothing to do with film, but they're all going to be centered around it. And I want that same spirit to be applied. Yep. You know? Yep. So the willingness anyway. to talk about both sides of, yes. of the fence. Yes. And how important that fundamental idea is. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned uh, Alyssa Milano because I think um, Abba and Preach YouTube channel have done some videos on her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're pretty hilarious. Yeah. Do you. Uh, just give me a number of how many how many listeners, or let me say that again, how many downloads uh, Joe Rogan's podcast gets? Oh lord, a I month. Don't, I don't even per know. Month. So just it, give me a number. It's like a hundred million or something. I have no clue. One hundred ninety million. Jesus, it, that was in uh, two thousand nineteen in like March. That guy is rocking. God. Yeah, dude. One hundred ninety million. Congrats to that guy. Good God. You know. Yeah, that but is dude, impressive. That's crazy. That is impressive. That's crazy. Crazy numbers. Well, and like any of this, like uh, the, the newest one he did, well, it was like maybe yesterday, the day before he did uh, with uh, Post Malone. Yeah. That got like a million to two million views in a matter of like five hours, yep. six hours. Crazy, 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 crazy. Man. What was the, uh, the thing you were talking about earlier before the podcast? Uh, the, yeah, the, about the UK. The, yeah. So as you all know, mm -hmm. there's per capita the uk has higher or just has extremely high obesity rates mm -hmm. well their health department uh sided with the government ended up having a con uh, converse so that they can start banning um and they started this back last year they started restricting ads for mm -hmm. fast foods and stuff like that but now they're officially um removing ads from companies like coca-cola and mcdonald's and all those fast food chain restaurants, I don't remember how many, but there's a bunch of them. Um, and there's companies like uh, news networks and radio networks are losing 100 million euros a year in annual revenue. It's like... Is it euros or pounds? Because it's, euros is... Or uh, whatever Spanish, they go off of, Spanish, I think. Yeah, pounds um, is, I think, the, the UK. But they're, they're, the amount of um, ad revenue spend impact that's going to happen over there this year is huge. I mean goodness dude yeah yeah oh yeah i think I like ads in some sense like that's why i always like anytime that we do a shoot i'm always asking who the pro like 
you know who the company that we're shooting for mm-hmm. it's not it's just not it's not that i if you know quote unquote my beliefs add up t- you know to it but yeah. oh, um, we've worked for plenty of companies that our beliefs didn't add up to but yeah yeah but you know it's always good to know what you know what the policy what it's not even so much what the policy is but like you know what they're wanting to shoot what's the message they're trying to convey um and it you know maybe sometimes it's if it's in your conviction you just say no you know it's up to you you yep. know you have that obligation yeah. you have actually, do you man and you, and you have you. That, yeah and you, you have know? that privilege um but yeah i think that's like one of my second or third questions is okay who's the company you know um because you know it's, it's not, also important to know what you know if you're working for a small company and for a small project, then you yep. you adjust your rates to that. And I know that's uh, a standard, but if you're running corporate, then your rates adjust as well. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just good lining lines of question questioning. But yeah, that's also another thing. If if you um <laughs> if you're out there and you're doing work, <laughs> make sure you put down uh, a questionnaire list when you get in contact with your client or whoever's reaching out to you, so you know what questions to ask. Write down your questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to jump back. Um, well, take- it makes sure that you cover all your bases. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're producing or you're just a crew member. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, not to interject here, but um, I looked up Alyssa Milano's numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Five months ago, her listener count for monthly thing was two point two million. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's passing a hundred ninety million. What do you mean a third of your listeners, no, no, no. bro? So is that listeners or what? What is that? Monthly downloads. Monthly downloads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. That hurts. That's crazy. That hurts. That is that is what you call pining for yeah, attention. That is pining for attention yeah. and jealousy. At it's max. Yeah. Well, she's. I think from what I remember um, from some of Abba's uh, stuff that she's highly narcissistic very, and that she doubles back on herself and she doesn't realize yep. it. Yep. And so the whole fact that she's making that claim is, is not out Shocking. of her reach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of average. So uh, we can move into just to kind of skip ahead and go to gear because I think there's like ah. two or three things we want to talk about. Yes. Uh, so there's, I think we had talked about the red, uh, Komodo, which is yeah. we've talked about that. The new storm, <laughs> sorry, the new stormtrooper version That's is out. So stupid. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the white, more expensive version yeah. of the same camera. It's like you just paint the parts white. Yep. That's it. Uh, so that's, we've talked about that a little bit. We've talked, we've, I know we've mentioned the black magic 12 K. Yeah. So we've mentioned that, that a little controversial bit. Thing. Um, and then I wanted to bring up, uh, aperture, which is the, I think may, maybe some of our listeners don't know what aperture is. Aperture is that, that phenomenon light that every YouTuber got with a softbox, yep. like the Peter McKinnon's, the, I don't know, there's a bunch of other ones that use this light, but one of their new products is called the Nova P300C. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, it's basically the version of a sky panel, but just cheaper. If you know, you know, it, it just, yeah, they're just late to the game in that sense. It's like, so it's like Canon bringing out a 4k, a uh, 4k camera when Sony's been out with their a seven S's for, four years already you know it's that's that type of feel but um the price right now that they have listed on their website for just the light itself is 16 or 1700 it's 1699 um but i'm not for sure how i feel about it i feel like in any sense of the imagination when you buy gear any gear Mm -hmm. even cheaper gear the first thing that will go are is the metal and threads you're buying you're you're paying for cheap metal and when i bought my first re stuff um a lot of people were like well go go with a little cheaper version to figure out it's like well i could but it's not gonna last me long at all and so that's the thing is like i bought the i think i bought my first re set for like 1800 bucks and everything still works the bulbs are still the bulbs still work all the threads are perfectly fine and those have been on shoots for seven years i think and they're perfectly fine um, and it's also about, you know, just taking care of your gear as well. But, um, and then I've got some other lights that are a little bit cheaper and I'm, you know, you re- replace stuff all the time on them. You know, I think some switches and stuff like that. I don't, I've not got, had anything go out on the Ari stuff, which is, it's just a good company, good quality, yep. quality stuff. Um, but yeah, go check out the, the new Nova, you know, Nova and it's weird. Just the design of it. It's kind of weird, but yeah, that's the new light. And then I also wanted to talk about uh, tripods because I had no, we talked about, uh, I was on a shoot last week and we were using a tripod and just a, it was a different locking mechanism that I had not seen before. 
and uh, thought it was interesting in a sense of, I guess, the difference between 70 mil and 100 mil and then the Mitchell mount. Yeah. Um, which one do you prefer? I guess we have, what, uh, probably 100 mil? And then yeah, we, 100 mil. Yeah. Yep. Man, I honestly prefer that. I mean, 100 mil seems to be very suitable for the camera sizes that we use. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that pushes for rigs that weigh over, you know, 45, 50 pounds. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, most of the rigs we run is about 40. Like, you're fully kitted, 45, 50 pounds, somewhere right at that max range. Because anything above that, to me, is just way too much to handle. Mm -hmm. um, in some cases, we have used, like, very large anamorphic lenses that, you know, obviously they themselves weigh, like, 12 pounds on their own. You know, so that plus all the batteries, all of the wireless gear and the extra monitors. I mean, yeah, you're pushing right there at 50. But yeah, anything above this is just way too much. And, and 100 mil, most of those systems can carry up to 75 pounds. So I've never needed to go to 150 millimeter heads. Or Mitchell, I think. Or, yeah. is, I, is there such a thing as 150? I've only yeah. seen. Yeah, there's a 75, 100, and 150 mil. Okay. Yeah, 150 mil are your your top dogs. There's even a, a, a specialty 175 and 220, never, if I remember correctly, or 210. Seen. They're huge. I've just yeah. used anything that we do anything above 100 mil. I've just we just done Mitchell mount because like that's what usually like yep. the uh, Fisher uses yep. and a bunch of other tripods, yep. and then just you know yep. is weighted for yeah x amount of yep. x amount of pounds, but. Okay, what brand? Like, because there's O'Connor, Miller. Oh, there's, there's a lot. A I'm, I will ones. always be a Miller fan. I love Miller. I've used it for for years. Um, their stuff. I mean, the my favorite tripod is literally right next to me, and it's about 20 years old, mm -hmm. and I love it. Everything about it is perfect. Uh, the head, the design, the the way it operates, and it's small. Like the amount of weight that it holds for its size is incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Miller. Uh, now, obviously, there's a lot of good brands out there. There's a lot of companies or a lot of like designs that I uh, uh, Crotoni. I'm a huge fan of them. Mm. Wait, did I say that correctly? I swear to God, if I said that correctly, I apologize to all the all the lords and ladies of of high language, um, the grammar kings. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I think they they've got some good gear. Um, obviously, every uh, every filmmaker is familiar with uh, Manfrotto. That's obviously like a very generic brand. I'm not a fan of their stuff at all. It's primarily because of their their head design. It is just bad. Um, there's nothing about it that gives me the idea that it's. I don't know. When you use it, it's just <laughs> stop grinning. Y'all are y'all are disgusting. <laughs> I was literally about to say it's not fluid. It doesn't work. It's not. It doesn't smooth. It doesn't move fast. I yeah. We're we're not gonna go down that road. The the, the point is that yeah Miller hundred yeah. percent Miller. So yeah, I want to thank our today's sponsor, Manfrotto. Uh, yeah, so such a great can, it's such a great such tripod, a great, like <coughs> tripod system. Just yeah. my god, exactly. I just cannot talk they, enough about. They them. beat Miller. They beat O'Connor. <laughs> they they're just yeah, they're amazing. They're gods among tripods. Yeah, like that's yeah. what they are. See, I feel like some YouTubers are like that. You know, like I what I just did to yep. like contradict like contradict yep. themselves. You yeah. know, for like at least two years before, they're like, I absolutely don't like the brand, and yep. then two years later, they got a sponsorship. Yep. Hey, sponsor! Raid yeah. Shadow Legends. Yeah. It's I like, hate mobile games. Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like you go watch a uh, a guy that's making like tools like for a forge, and he's like, today's sponsor is Raid Shadow Legends. It's like, uh, I could see how a website could help here, but like, how does this even convert to your your audience yeah. at all? But yeah, it's uh, funny, funny, funny times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the black magic 12 K the, mm. the new meme of the 2020, um, like we need more. I don't know guys. Like I'm going to be honest. I'm actually more excited about that than, than anything reds coming out with a hundred percent. And it's because of the, well, well, three things. So I watched the video breakdown of, uh, or for the, the CEO or the owner. Um, and he talked about the design of the camera they're keeping the exact same format the same design of the ursa mini pro um but they fundamentally changed everything about the internals there mm. is nothing about the internals they didn't design in studio or in company nice this is their first original sensor okay this isn't bought See all 12, the other thousand by six thousand yeah it's it's 20 yeah it's twelve thousand it's like twenty two thousand by is it twenty two thousand? Here, hang on. Let me let me look. Let me look. It is crazy. Come on. The internet must have been working back here. I was trying to look it up myself, and it's just it's, it's just yeah, it's happening. super slow. It's twenty or twelve thousand two hundred eighty eight by yeah. sixty four eighty. That's crazy. It's insane. But here's the best part. It's a it's a super thirty five sensor 
one of the largest it, well actually i think they broke the, another record for the largest super 35 mil, mil sensor it has a it has 80 megapixels 80 good grief 80 100 <laughs> 100 is the Hasselblad hmm. medium format camera the one that takes like 12k photos that's 100 this is 80 in a motion picture with global shutter at super 35 at 12k up to 60 fps mm. tell what, me that's what was not the, nuts what was the slow motion at 220 frames yeah uh, was it 4K? 4k 4k 220 wow. which is huge for black magic for them to finally get get around to start adding like fps is kind of big but this is all raw you can do 4k raw sorry at 110 but you can do 100 or 220 at 4k super 16 which isn't horrible but it's still not not the best. I wouldn't I wouldn't use that for much of anything if I was to shoot with it. But they have they still have 14 stops dynamic range. They went to the exact specification as Ari, as the Ari Alexa. He said that a lot of our choices for design has been based off of Ari Alexa hmm. because they knew that when it comes to range, dynamic range, that they wanted insane clarity. They wanted insane color bit depth, which comes with extreme like resolution, but they wanted that 14 stops. I don't think they had any intentions of going to 18 or 25. Like, in my opinion, I've noticed that I've actually become less interested in cameras that have extremely high dynamic range. It, it's kind of shocking, but I'm more interested in not only the sensor size, mm. but the the way resolution works with FPS because that gives me usability. As a cinematographer, if somebody can tell me, "Hey, I got a a 15k camera, but I can shoot you know, you know, 30 frames a second at max," or you can tell me I've got a you know an 8k camera that can shoot at 120 FPS at max resolution at full frame, I'm like, yeah, okay, now we got something to talk about because that gives me options, you know. Um, there are native ISO still at 800, you know, which is good. They've updated all their cameras. They can shoot up to what is it, 3200 now, wow. ISO, and that's clean ISO. Yeah, not not hazy, not the crap we because for those that don't remember, and for those that you know, we've done podcasts about this before. But we bought our first camera was a Black Magic. We got it back in the their the OG the days, days of the the the, the, <laughs> the worst designed camera on the face of this planet 2.5 that's yep. what it was yeah yep. it had the, the little 2.5 inch uh ssds yep. this mm -hmm. is the alpha prototype yeah. yeah it was it was garbage four four settings of uh iso or asa is what they called yes, it asa uh, and it, four 200 400 800 1600 yep and 1600 was. was unusable 800 was barely usable 400 was okay and 200 and 200 200 asa that like at 1.8 it was 200 asa at super 16 you can't see nothing. Uh, I mean, and unless you want to shoot at 1.8, you know, f-stop, and then you could just, or t-stop, you can just, you know, there's nothing to be in focus. Yeah, anytime that we shot with it, we would shoot anywhere between eight, the 4 to 800. Yep. We would shoot exteriors at 400, and then interiors at 800, just to kind of balance that out. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, if we shot at 800, we would have to go in and denoise. Yep, and that's when we would just bring it into Black uh, Da Vinci and just go and use you know, their denoise. very, very unreliable denoising system. Yep. that would crash the system itself. It was just, it was chaotic. So to see where Black Magic has gone from when we started to now, it's absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. And this being their first original designed sensor, I mean, their designed sensor with their color science that they des they built. That's huge because Black Magic has been known recently in the past like three years to have incredible color science. And they do. I mean, DaVinci is like one of the best color grading and editing softwares that I can think of that you can get. You know, I love it. But on top of that, for them to do all of this like groundwork and building their own, you know, systems so that they all complement each other, I mean that's that's a that's huge. What's the ticket on it? Hmm? What's uh, the ticket? nine, I think. Nine nine ninety five. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. It was only like a 10 grand. Yeah, it's yeah. only 10,000. Isn't that nuts? My 10, thing is, what's for the, a 12K camera? What's the application for this camera? To me, it's like visual effects artists IMAX. and IMAX. That's literally what they say. It is IMAX. This thing can go IMAX, and you wouldn't know the difference in between shooting with an actual IMAX camera and this. Because yeah, the resolution is so stinking high coming yeah. through a Super 35 that it's just, it, there is no. The, the the best part is their demonstration video. Have you seen it? Mm -mm, no. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. They f they film this cargo ship on a 150 mil lens 
and you're looking at it, and it's so crystal sharp, and then they back up, and you realize you were looking at it at 4K. Wow. And then you look at it at 6, then 8, then 12, and you're like, my God, you were like zoomed in. It like If this is the screen, you were looking at this. Mm. It's nuts. The compression ratios are nuts. You know, 4K is like ultra sharp. Then you go to 12, and you're like, where was I? Like This is... I don't, yeah. I don't understand it. Like, well, so mm. what I want to do is I want to go to Blackmagic, and I want to tell them, hey, I want to stream my my twitch stream in 12k make it happen <laughs> like I've, I've like ninja or something like that walked through them yeah. was like hey i want to stream in 12k like i mean i it's just people's computers couldn't handle <laughs> exactly that. you know so you, like you would need gigabytes of transfer speed yeah which they've they've changed the game in in li- like they see i'll give it to black magic Every, they yeah. saw they saw the gaming community going and they've they done, changed it they own that they owned point. it yeah all the big streamers everybody owns black magic that's all it is black magic. Yeah. black magic switch yep. and then all bunches and yep. they just sync all the cameras yep. up into one it's nuts it's, it's so good it's good here's what i want to do I want to be able to rent that camera and mm. I want to shoot something, but shoot it in the one format that I've never shot in my life. And it's the 12K? 12, no, well, <laughs> yeah, true, on top of that. No, resolution I don't care about, but 12K two to one, mm. like true anamorphic, IMAX level two to one. That I would, I would, and it's super 35. So it can, it's within the range where you can shoot high resolution. But stretched in a in a true anamorphic feel. So when you blow it up on a screen, you are looking at a at a what's it, just a film reel of true IMAX. Like that's true. I mean, because that's what IMAX was. I mean, even film film like records at mm. like ten to twelve K. That's the resolution that film is set at. So you know, for us to be able to film in that like true reality, I mean, yeah, AK is great, right? We've shot at AK a lot. It's a great format. We love it. But I still want to do that. I still think being able to shoot at that kind of level, my only concern would be how do you shoot 12K in anamorphic? Unless you're using the Master Primes or like, for example, what I'd love to do is pair it with the uh, Atlas or Orion Atlas lenses. Unless you're shooting with a newer designed lens, I honestly think that it's going to look like crap. Because the edges and how crisp it is? No, how vintage the lenses are. Those Mm. lenses weren't designed to have that kind of massive, like, resolution filming. So if there's any imperfections, you're going to, like, whoop. Yeah, I would say, yeah, like you said, like, the old Koas, like the um, Kawas, or some people would call them. Kawas. Kawas. The Koas. Koas, uh, whatever. Uh, Tomato, tomato. Uh, Yeah, I would say that it's going to be probably a maybe a massive issue. I'm not for sure, but it'd be interesting to test. Um, what we need to do and what you should do is if you want to test this stuff, just start emailing your local rental house every yep. day and just say, Hey, buy this camera. Hey, buy this camera. Hey, buy this camera. Yeah, <laughs> so that if you, you can buy test. this camera, I will rent it. If yeah. you buy this camera, if yeah. you buy this camera, then yep. I can come down and test some stuff that I want mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, all jokes aside. Yeah. I, w- I would love to do that. And I, I think we did that for a while. We just test can like we would yeah. test stuff. We would test like lighting I, setups. I, I, we would test yeah, uh, like I just different think that, sets. that that combination of, of Atlas with that camera mm-hmm. would make the most incredible combo because I mean, here, here's something I want to do. I'd love to take that camera package with those lenses to Montana. Yeah. Like that to me how, would be the most incredible. How long have you, you've seen the Atlas lenses, right? Yes. And they're like, huge. They're like this. How long is that rig going to be? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It, the, the Ursa Mini is way smaller than every time I see it. I'm like, wow, this is way smaller than I think it is. They had the Ursa Mini, then they had the Ursa. That's well, they had which the Ursa, the, big... the Ursa, and then you had the Ursa Mini, and then the Ursa Mini Pro, and the Ursa Mini Pro is the same design that this thing is in. So it's only about that long. Yeah, it's, it's not that. I mean, it's, yes, it's not as short as as the as the Red, Red. system, you know, or the DMC two, but it's still, it's quite tiny. So I'd say about the rig about this long that's that i mean that's massive that's big that's yeah i mean you try to rig that yeah. like that's the thing is like you know yeah. it's like try to rig that on like a uh yeah. a camera or a car or something like that that's a I you mean, just need a beefy rig yeah i mean that's, I mean, that's much yeah what it comes 100 percent with yeah. the komodo i mean it's small like Komodo's it's small tiny small yeah pop pop a wide angle lens like a 15 mil zeiss crazy. cp3 on there crazy also what is up with red and they're okay so we, we all know about the what's it the r is it called the rf rf mount uh, I'm no, liking. it's the new yeah, yeah. Uh, er uh, rf mount from RF Canon. Mount. Yeah. yeah red has that on that what? red made the komodo with the rf mount but it can't even fit like almost 50 percent all the lenses that are well, RF mount. why can't you why can't you put it on there no they can just, you can you order can you get it from red as in a, like a pl no. 
No, it's no, just it's it, RF. That, like you can't it get anything RF. Off. If I remember correctly, the article was like, it's just RF. What's going on? Is that weird? Like, why? Why do people do that? Well, why design something that's not universally like attachable to anything? Well, the, it, it it comes back to you have to sell your old lenses and buy new ones, which is that's the only that's way. Dog. That's the only dog. way. The only is. way that people like Canon. To me, this is how I feel about it. The only way Canon and like other manufacturers make money is that if they keep changing stuff, it's like they've got to implement technology at a slow rate. It's like gaming, like gaming, yeah. or like PCs or things like that. You have to implement the technology slow enough so that you gain, you get money out of it. That's the way they yeah. make money. Like you know, they they have technology right now that's probably two years in advance of what we you know that we're using yep. that the like the the community or I'd say the public uses. You know, like they're testing that stuff and they're using it. Uh, they just won't release it because they don't make money. They might as well release something that's two years old, wait a couple, yes. like wait a year, and then release yep. something else. It's like the PS4, the PS5. Yep. They probably had this technology for the PS5. Oh, they've had that design years, for years, yeah, yeah, years, yeah. and they probably already have something that's better, like ten they times, have or six times or three times. Yeah. Yep. So it's like they just release it because they, at some point, they're like, okay, yeah, we're making less on the PS4. Let's release a new game or a new thing. We'll just upgrade things by. A, minimums it's, it's margins yeah. it's like if you if they were making 10% they're like well 10% uh profit off the PS4 we have to make above that once we hit 10% we'll start to launch for you know PS5 yeah and then once that goes to 10% and then launch the PS6 well it's the same yeah so it, you know? it's kind of back to that like the new uh R5 which is the yeah, the, the new, new camera yeah um, uh, a friend or someone here in St. Louis bought one and then they had sold all of their they had bought some lenses for it mm-hmm. as well but they sold all of their L glass yep. and so it's like then they uh, he was saying good that L they, glass yeah, good solid L they glass they wanted yep. L glass back and so it's like yep. I mean yeah so it's, did, did you see the crazy. see the the thing that's going around saying like 2020 can't get any weirder they mm-hmm. were they're selling cooling kits what for the yeah. for the R5 oh. that attached to the bottom of it Why? so it can yeah. cool the system yeah that's how dumb Can, this is getting. It, did it come from uh, Canon official? Yeah, it's yeah, coming yeah. from Canon. They it's like, sell a cooling <laughs> system that attaches like a battery mat not, on the bottom. I'm not buying your camera if, it, if I have to cool it. Yeah, I mean it's no. Think of this: we're on set and we're and we're shooting. The UPM's yeah. like, do you have any? Do you have any requests? Yeah, I do. Can you make sure that I have a fridge or a freezer on my cart? And they're like, what? What do you mean? It's like, well, oh, I, I gotta cool the camera. I gotta cool the camera. So yeah. either when I'm not shooting, I'm putting the camera in the freezer, and and then also the cooling system that I use yep. so we can swap out yep. is also in there. Yep. So I just so, need to make sure yeah. that I wonder, just make sure that we run a line ju- over to me so that we can so that <laughs> yeah. we can use that. Right? I wonder just how it. much more power that mm-hmm. battery with the the cooling unit's gonna take oh, compared so to like a DMC two or something. So cringe. It's so cringe. Uh, just to clarify, that would never happen. We're we're never shooting with the R five because it's it's a crap camera well it's the same it's the same reason why we re- a lot of people refuse yep. to shoot commercials on black magic is that it's it's it, not liability has been like a huge issue. it's not reliable enough they that that opinion's been changing oh yeah it, because it's, like it's the, the ursa mini pro changed a lot like I, going from the ursa mini to the ursa mini pro was such a jump in like not only it's like battery life it's options it's again, availability, again availability, first it's impression uh, you know black magic's first impression was not real reliable yeah. and so then well, it's because then, their product was garbage yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that that well, that's well the problem is is like it's not even so much that i guess in some sense you get the the end or i wouldn't want to say independent direct or dps but like the amp i wouldn't even say amateur just the dps that aren't shooting high-end commercials yes and they're the ones that are shooting on the black magic stuff which again it does look decent mm-hmm. it doesn't look bad yeah. but any shoot that i'm usually on in that sense we're never shooting a black magic we're either like it's either Two camera. Well, there's three different systems that I've ever seen, and Sony's very rare. It depends on the the person, and it's also it's usually if we're shooting on Sony, it's usually from a studio, and they want to shoot on their own camera because they're used to it. But like, yeah, Canon, the Canon C300 to the C500, and then either the Mini, any sort of Alexa or the Red. Those are the cameras we shoot on on high end stuff. Yeah. You just never see a Black Magic on any of those sets. Yeah, you know what you do see? You I, I take that back. You see the Black Magic. Shooting the behind the scenes of the the, the shoot. That's what you see. <laughs> yeah. You see those yeah. cameras shooting behind the scenes, or an A7S or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if I don't even remember uh, what the TC tether is for Blackmagic because I don't. We I don't just think don't, I've ever worked with it. No, you just don't. It's just one of those cameras. You just yeah. Again, it's, wow. it, it comes back down to reliability. Yeah. You know, and it's also it, it it might be down to the operator as well. You know, s- certain lights that come onto set or even audio stuff like. You know, if it's new technology, 
it's down to, okay, does it, one, turn on? Does it, two, have any faults in three? Because then you start getting a really bad impression about yeah. certain lights. You know, mm-hmm. the thing I don't like about uh, light mat, which is like the light mat 4, light mat 5, or not light mat 4. Yeah, the light mat 4, which is like a 6x6, six six, what they call a 6x, whatever. Um, that, I don't like the connections on it. I absolutely don't like the connections on it. Uh, it's one of the same reasons I don't like ap- the the first version of the Aperture stuff. And the reason why I don't buy any of the Aperture stuff is that I don't like the usability of it. And it was the first impression because it had two ballasts. Like, who like who designed that ca- that light, <laughs> you know? It just doesn't make sense to me. It yeah. absolutely doesn't make sense to me. I mean, uh, I have audio gear that I have to update, and I don't update my gear very often because of reliability. I don't update to the latest, latest software, and when I do, it's like you're always just sitting there sweating. Well, you know? yeah, and that's another thing is you never update your camera or your audio before gear before a, a shoot. If you oh. don't have anything going you for the, like a week, that. if you don't have anything going for a week, update your stuff and then figure it out and go through the menu and figure it out. And you can troubleshoot if you have a problem. Mm-hmm. But a lot, I've seen, oh yeah, it's hilarious how many it's times weird. we're like, oh, there's a new update, update, and then the camera's got some problem, and you're like, oh my god, and then we have to re-download an old version. Yep, yep, it's true. Yeah, I just sent you guys some images. This is from uh, a short film that was shot on the Pocket and the Ursa Mini Pro. Like, if this doesn't, like, say things, this was done by a actual cinematographer in Taiwan, uh, not Taiwan, but in Hong Kong. Okay. This is impressive. Like, this is what you can do with the camera. Just these images. These are shot from, with that camera. Which camera? The Pocket and the, and the, the uh, 6K? Ursa Mini Pro. Yeah, the 6K. See, so, see that, I, I've heard so many good things about the 6K in a sense of how good it looks. Yep. The problem I have with it is the cropping. It's oh, the yeah. cropping. The cropping and, is huge. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure, for sure. Like, here, here's the thing: when you when you enter the the market um, for you know to to build and sell cameras and or just the camera industry itself, when you go up against a titan like Alexa, who, in all honesty, doesn't have faults, who doesn't make mistakes like that, who designs camera for usability and then they don't sell one for five years, yep, who update their cameras and the quality of life for their guys. Mm-hmm. They put effort in technicians to make your life better. They add, they build things to attach to the camera to speed your production up. It's the Ferrari of cameras. It's the Ferrari of cameras. Yeah. You, like, it's so incredible to look at, uh, like, it's crazy to me that a camera like the Red and the company of Red can have so much controversy surrounding it while Alexa has been around for longer and has gotten away with like everything. Well, they, and it's they, still and it's yeah. still the top dog. Yeah, it's still top 100% dog. 100% they still don't even the have to dog. try. No, They're still they don't. top dog. Yeah. yeah. 1000%. They don't yeah. So they still shoot all the features in in Hollywood. Yep. All the features is shot on Alexa. Yep. As much as people want to say it was shot on Red. Yep. I mean, again, a lot of the stuff that was shot on Red, I mean, it still looks good, yep. but it's who, you know, it's what people are choosing is, you know, yep. where it is, you know. Is that no? Yeah. They know. Yep. Um I I would be very curious to see what it would what it would do to the industry if somebody chose to like even us, if we chose to take the next like, you know, year and shoot nothing but black magic. Right, mm. intentionally, like that's the that's the intention. Saying like, hey, instead of us choosing cameras based off of the project, we're gonna choose the camera, and then we're gonna choose glass around it. But we'll only choose glass. That's we- all we're gonna do. We're gonna use the same brain, we're gonna use the same design, and we're gonna shoot with that camera and see how far you can take it. It would be we would have to do that for like our own personal projects. Yes. Oh, it, oh, that's you know, what I'm referring yeah. to. But it would be it would be dope just to do that. You know, because it, here's the thing: the stigma that's surrounded by black magic has been there since the early beginning days of black magic because of the content and the project or product that they created yep now that the cameras have reached a new level of like their their state of the art so to speak for black magic has risen i would say that it's on comparison to canons and sony i don't know if it's red level but it's definitely reaching there the new 12k may be the breaking point we'll see what its consistency is here's the thing scratch everything we know about black magic if that camera is consistent as in three things it works when you need it to if there is an issue it is repaired quickly and three when there is issues for customer service that they respond if those three things are met that camera is going to ruin this market it it, it would even be the camera it would be the company yes yeah for sure those two things at the back, back end yeah, like taking care of things and having it like if those two things are taken care of and, and met that camera is going to own because it, it it has its hands in the future far enough that all the other camera companies are going okay wait a minute yep. right red hasn't released a 12k all of them are going okay hold up wait a minute 
They just designed their own sensor. They have it in their yep. own body style with their own color science. These guys have their hands in the market firmly. If this camera performs, it, it, they've solidified themselves. That's what all I'm saying. Yeah. It's well, along the same lines as small business always wins. Along yes. the same lines of their big companies don't see um, the need to take on new technology Absolutely. because it, it fits into a small niche market. And so the small company is ready to take the risk. And so they will take the risk. And then the moment that it blows up, the big company won't be able to catch up. And so that's where you always, even it doesn't matter in what market, you the small companies will always win in the end. And then they will become a big company and there will be a small company that will overtake them because of that cycle unless you're Ford or GM that could just get bought up by the government and bailed out right but <coughs> yeah but here's the, here's the thing you know what is interesting about that is that any any of the DPS that I've seen have come up and they start shooting their like their first usual camera like professional camera is red and yep. they're like okay we're shooting red they shoot red for about three four years and then they get to a point that they're just fed up with the customer service of red that's what happens from which what I've seen. Which is crazy. Which is crazy to yeah. me. Then they switch to Ari, and then they stay Ari. They always they never stay, stay Ari. Ari. Yep. Because, and the reason why they keep, the reason why Ari keeps most of their cinematographers is that happy is the customer service. 100% of oh, customer service. Oh, they own service. with customer they service. If yeah. there is a problem, They literally will send you, in, like, yeah. Yep. They have like, no how many problem. Times, this is crazy to me. How many times has somebody, I, I remember reading this story where he talked about the reliability of Ari. Mm. And he said, I had, I was on a prof professional shoot he goes, it was just a commercial gig. We had we were running triple cameras. One of them just, just stopped. Something happened. He's like, I called Ari, and he's like, and this is when they were in, where were they shooting? They were down south. I think it was either Orlando or Houston, something. I can't remember which, but it's either Florida or Texas. And he said, they, he called customer service. He did, and he said, hey, man, I got some issues with the camera. We'll be fine. We still got two cameras. We're good. He's like, 45 minutes later, there's a guy driving onto set with a new camera from a local rental house that is that is by that that has uh what, what's yep. the phrase it's licensed by Ari shows up with a new camera it's like hey yeah we got it we'll be back he's like he left he's like the next day before set came in he's like this I had the same camera sitting on set he's like yeah it was just a glitch we took care of it yeah it's customer that's service. customer service like when when would red like. <laughs> They don't. They don't get that. They they see as they see hype as in numbers. Yes. They see hype as numbers, and they see a new camera come out. Ari sees that it, it's not about hype; it's about reputation. That you like true. you you and I true. you and I will both go to Roger Deakins. So you yep. and I will both go to Roger, yep. Roger Deakins to go. Okay, what camera do you like shooting on? He's like Ari. That's what I like shooting on. And then you and I are gonna go. Okay, yeah, we can't shoot on Ari right now. But that's the that's the pinnacle. That's yeah, where we want to shoot. Yeah. And the reason why Ari keeps Roger Deakins' opinion and a lot of other DPs in the industry is that every single time they deliver. And if there's yep. a problem, they own up to it. Yep. Well, they and also they're not trying to be the the newest technology. No, they don't care because they improve they on what improve. they do. They and they're the, playing you know a the very slow is? game. Yes, the new um, uh, Alexa Mini six K. Mm. Do you all know how long that was in production? Two years. Wow. They took two years to run a camera through a cycle over and over and over and over. I'd say about I'd say about 12 months of that or half of that time, about a year was just planning it. Yeah. And then a year of just burning it, burning it, burning it. They would take that camera and set it. There was there's footage of it sitting in a in a in a heated room. They would heat the room up to 120 degrees. And just turn it on and run it, record it, just hardcore run it, run it into a, into a, a box recorder, and just let it go and let it go and let it go until it broke. And then they would test it, they would adjust a few things, run it again. They they stress test the crap out of those cameras, and they do it over and over and over and over because they want their customers to have a finished product. That and again, this goes into finished in, in quality, finished quality. Because how many times have we gotten a new update from Red that you know they didn't sit down and go over a million times? They went over 10, and they were like, ah, it's good. Well, so then the super, yeah. super, well, you know, also think, when was the last time that you saw someone's like, okay, here, I've got the new RE, we're testing it out. True. You don't, you don't see that. You True. don't see RE sending their, their cameras to, uh, to beta testers. Yep. And they don't send it to, yeah, they don't send it to influencers. Yep. They'll, they will have a, a well-known DP come in and test it. Yeah. They'll have him come to a shoot for them. Yeah. Yep. 100%. And they'll just they'll like, have technicians sitting on set. It's like, yeah, we'll take care of anything that happens. Yeah. You know, if you want to test it, go for it. Yeah. 
Do you like, okay. Because uh, because at the end of the day, it's not that the beta testers have to figure out what's wrong with it. Yep. They've already done the work. They've done the research. Yep. They know it works. They want to see it in a real world situation. Exactly. And they give it to somebody. They don't test it by their own people. They test it by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they let them come in and they they, they send it through the te- stress test because they know they're hands off. If anything happens, their, their technicians are there. But otherwise, they just wait. Yep. They just wait. And they know. They're cocky. They're, they're, they're cocky son, I, sums you, of Vichis. You know what I would do? You, you know, know what I would do? I'd walk in there and go, okay. And they'd just go, okay. Here's the camera. Test it how you'd want. I go, hey yeah. Yeah, literally just pick it up and go. Gush. And there goes our there goes our sponsorship from Ari. Uh, and, the, and the technician goes, he just stares at me. He's like, fix. Can you fix that? <laughs> there's there's a technician on the podcast that goes, oh, you see, oh, guys, hold up, back up, wait. Yeah, nah, I, I, I just I have nothing but respect for that company just because of their their expertise and their and their quality of work. They're they're they, they are not jack of all trades. They are masters. Mm-hmm. They are a good tie. And look Thank at you. you. Good tie. Look at me tying. Hey, hey, hey. much. Like, it's I've, almost. I have so much respect for all of our people, all the listeners that have stuck around. Thank you so much. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, as well as Stitcher. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week.